0: Hello everyone, this is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and I'm riding solo on today's episode. It's been a couple weeks since the last time I put out an episode. I took the Labor Day holiday off last week, and I don't know, I've been kind of in a baseball funk, hoping to get back out of it as we head towards October in the postseason. But right now, the baseball feels very low stakes for the Tampa Bay Rays. I think as a fan base, uh, Rays fans kind of rode that high of the trade deadline and the potential for the Rays to make big moves. Ultimately, they never made a big splash. Uh, they did make some acquisitions that I think made the team better, especially with all the injuries to the pitching staff that they were dealing with. But like they did not go out and get a Joey Gallo, and we, and we talked about that in previous episodes. But then we rode that adrenaline right into a series against the New York Yankees, which was exciting for more ways than one. I mean, one they, you know we were still fighting for the American League East title, and then uh, you know we, it almost came to blows between the Rays and Yankees after there was some probably some unintentional and definitely some intentional throwing at batters. Um, we know that from the Yankees. It feels like it was a long time ago, so I don't want to get into that. Um, but it resulted in a Kevin Cash one game suspension, an Aaron Boone one game suspension, and Erroldis Chapman was suspended for just three games despite Major League Baseball determining in their investigation that, one, he had a history of throwing intentionally at people's heads, and two, that he threw intentionally at Mike Brasso's head. Again, I don't know if it actually was intentional, uh, but Major League Baseball determined that, one, he had a history of doing it, and two, he did it again against the Rays, and they only suspended him for three games. Don't know how they came to that three-game number given what they determined in their investigation. If they determined that it was unintentional, then okay, maybe three games is, is fine, but because it's still very dangerous. But if it was intentional and you did have a history, three games doesn't make any sense. The other the the cash and boon suspensions, I think, kind of had to happen to calm the situation down. And I think they were both deserved. I think Kevin Cash knew he was gonna get suspended with the comments he made in the press conference after game two of that series. But after that, like the baseball, like it just hasn't felt like September baseball. We knew this season was going to be weird, but I think we weren't expecting the reasons why it's kind of become weird. And you're looking at the standings. The Rays have a four and a half game lead at the time of recording. I'm recording this before Sunday's season finale against the Boston Red Sox. The Rays have a four and a half game lead in the American League East. Not only is a postseason spot, Pretty much locked up. The magic number, I think, is down to uh, single digits now. It looks like the American League East title is locked up. Now, a lot could go wrong over these last 14 games, but things are looking really well for the Rays. The Blue Jays are sitting in second place at four and a half games back of the Rays. And then you got the Yankees, who are a half game behind the Blue Jays, five games back of the division lead. They're at 25 and 21. They have had a bit of a rough stretch, especially on the road. And uh, I don't know. You just, you hate to see it, man. You hate to see it um, for the New York Yankees, who are at one point had only a half game lead um, over the Orioles. And they would have fallen out of the playoffs and the Orioles would have taken their spot. The Yankees have kind of righted things there in a series against Baltimore. But I digress. Um, Yeah, the Rays, first team in the American League to hit 30 wins. They sit at 30 and 16. Um, The the other team's close. You've got the White Sox at 29 and 16 and the A's at 29 and 16. So the Rays have played one more game than those teams. But first to 30 wins, the Twins are also at at 29 wins. They're very close as well. And we've got two weeks to go. And right now, you want to see the Rays kind of maybe get hot going into the postseason, uh, lock up the division maybe by five-plus games. But really what you want to see is you want to see them get healthy because they are still dealing – um, with injuries, they get Charlie Morton, they get Ryan Yarbrough back, and if they can keep those starters healthy, you're you're pretty much set with your postseason rotation of Snell, now Morton, and Yarbrough. Those guys gotta stay healthy though. They they gotta stay off the IL because um, you, you don't have Yanni Torinos. He's out for the year. You don't have Brandon McKay. He's out for the year. So then it's like, who do you turn to? To take those innings, Josh Fleming's done pretty well in his time, but do you want him pitching in the postseason against the Yankees, or the Astros, or the White Sox, or the Twins? Not, uh, not so sure. So now, now you're dealing with injuries to your position players. So Mike Zanino is already on the IL. Yandy Diaz also on the IL. That's led to Kevin Smith getting put back on the active roster, and to Nate Lowe getting called up. And, you know he can play a little bit of first and third base. Now, G-Man Choi goes on the IL with a hamstring-ish injury, and it seems like he is going to go on the IL and don't really know what his timetable will look like. This injury just happened on Saturday. Again, I'm recording this on Sunday morning before the series finale against the Red Sox. The Rays, as far as I know, have not made a roster move yet. Not quite sure what that would be. Good news is you've already got Nate Lowe up on the big league roster. He's going to fill in in G-Man Choi's role and play those first base against right-handed pitchers uh, and get be that extra lefty in the lineup and so far through 24 plate appearances Nate Lowe I mean has it's so hard to say after 24 plate appearances but he's got a 333 on base percentage and a 571 slugging a 144 WRC plus but that's literally just eight games played cannot draw any conclusions but we've said on this podcast before G-Man Troy and Nate Lowe almost especially with just two weeks left in the regular season are interchangeable. So it sucks that G-Man is hurt, but he hasn't been playing great. He hasn't been playing poorly, still has a 331 on base percentage on the season, 102 WRC+. He hasn't been bad, um, but he definitely has not been as good as the last couple years with the Rays. So don't know what his timetable is. He could miss some or all of the postseason, given that we are like two weeks away from the playoffs starting Just a lot of unknowns, but he is going to go on the IL. I don't know what that means for, like, who's going to replace him on the active roster. Right now, we've got eight guys in the bullpen, and I believe there's six players on the bench, so they could go back to a nine-man bullpen. I just don't know how many other first basemen you have. Brasso can play first base if you need him to. Um, But other than that, you've got Nate Lowe, and that's about it. So maybe you call up someone that can play first base, don't know who that would be. I know you've got, like, can Kevin Padlow play first base? I don't really know. Maybe he gets a call up there um, out of that the 60-man player pool. Is Kevin Padlow even on? Yeah, there he is. third base. And Brian O'Grady could also play first base too. So maybe he gets called back up. Or you go to a nine-man bullpen, and you have Nate Lowe take almost all of the innings at first base. Maybe you go Brasso against left-handed pitchers there. Not really sure. So they could bring up someone like Edgar Garcia. Uh, He could come back. DJ Snelton maybe could make his first appearance. There's a couple other guys. You still got Sean Gilmartin kicking things around down there. I hope he isn't coming back up, Um, especially as we get closer to the end of the regular season. And I would love to wrap up the American League East title. I know with the different uh, playoff format, it doesn't mean as much. But there is, like, discussion within the Rays fan base and outside of the Rays fan base about us hanging up wild card banners. I don't even know what you would call it if you like finish second place in the division. I know some teams probably wouldn't even hang up banners, but what like it's not really a wild card, you're finishing second. I don't really know what it would be called, but it would be nice to hang up a division title and even with it just being a 60 game season, the Rays have earned it. You know, you look at a team like the Yankees, who were the favorites to win the American League East. They've dealt with a lot of injuries, but look at the Rays pitching staff. Like, the Rays have dealt with injuries just as much. So, it would be a much-earned division title, especially if they do it by a margin of five games or more. That would be incredible, because I don't think—I didn't expect— maybe the Dodgers would be the only team, I would think, to have a margin of five games or more in their division. But now, they only have a three-game lead over the Padres out in the NL West. so— Really impressive what the Rays have done, the way they've been able to keep winning. And I know they've picked up a lot of wins against some some poor teams. But they've also, like, they got swept by the Baltimore Orioles earlier this season. They just lost both games of a two-game set against the Washington Nationals. They've got two more against them coming up this week. So, interesting stuff. But, yeah, the Rays are dealing with injuries. G-Man Troy is going to be hitting the IL. Don't know when Yandy Diaz is going to come back. Very similar to last year going into September. You're like, yeah, he might come back. He plays a game right at the end of the regular season, then comes off, comes up and leads off the wild card game with a home run against Sean Um So hopefully maybe he can repeat that in 2020. Just bring him back up, whoever the last series is, give him a couple at-bats on that Saturday or Sunday game, and then throw him in in the three-game series. Um, so yeah, that's the injury update. Now it's time to really talk about what Rays fans can expect for these last couple weeks. Or what you should be looking for. Like I said. Postseason. Locked up. The Rays are going to the postseason. Was not a shock. If I told you that at the beginning of the season. With the expanded playoff format. You probably would not be shocked. Um, there was still going to be uncertainty though. Especially with the poor starts that the Rays had. In that first week or two. You know. this 60 games. Like if things start going badly. They could go badly in a hurry. Like for teams like the Washington Nationals. Who I believe are still in last place in the National League East. But. The Rays are going to the postseason. Now it's time to lock up the division because even with the different format, this does change things, I think, big time um, for the playoffs. So if the Rays, and right now they have the best record in the American League at 30 and 16, it's very tight, though. The A's are right there, and uh, the, the White Sox and the Twins are also right there. They any of those teams could end up with the number one seed. The White Sox and the Twins are in the same division, so only one of them will finish in the top three, even if two if they, if they both finish with better records over either the Rays or the A's. Only one of them can be in those top three seeds because only one of them can win that division. But if the Rays finish with the number one seed, you're looking at either playing the Toronto Blue Jays, the Cleveland Indians, or the New York Yankees. So you've got the Yankees sitting at 25-21, and 21, they're in a wild card spot right now. They're a half game behind the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are sitting in one of those second place playoff spots. The Cleveland Indians also in a wild card. They could get hot and sneak up and get past either the Twins or the White Sox and secure a top 2 spot in the division. But I think it's unlikely at this point. They're 26 and 20. So right now the Yankees and the Indians are sitting in that in those two wild card spots and it's pretty safe. I, I don't think there's any contenders to come up and usurp them and get into one of those wildcard spots. The Orioles are four and a half games back behind the Yankees. Um, they're at 20 and 25. You got three teams at 20 and 25. And th- these are the three most likely teams, even though they're very, they have no chance of getting into the playoffs. You've got the Orioles at 20 and 25, the Tigers and the Mariners also at 20 and 25. No chance for these teams to make it to the postseason. Um So, with that being said, the American League postseason picture is not finalized yet, but you know the eight teams that are getting in. It's the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the White Sox, the Twins, the Indians, the A's, and the Astros. Those should be the eight teams getting in. Now it's just a matter of where will they finish. So like I said, if the Rays in the number one seed, you're either getting the Blue Jays, the Indians, or the Yankees. If they fall to the number two seed, if they finish with the second-best record, so they're either taking over... By the White Sox, the Twins, or the A's, still looks like you're going to be facing either Toronto, Cleveland, or New York, because as a two seed, you're still playing a wild card. So you're either going to be playing the you'll be playing the higher uh, ranked wild card. So my guess is that could end up being the Cleveland Indians. Um, the Rays have played the Cleveland in a playoff game before, as a wild card game, not a series. And the Rays have never met the Blue Jays or the Yankees in the postseason. So one or two seed, not really a big difference. If you fall to the three seed, changes things up a little bit. Uh, And it actually might lend itself to being helpful for the Rays if they finish with like the third seed in the um, postseason picture. You're almost definitely playing the Houston Astros at this point. Not almost definitely. You could end up playing, I guess you could play the Blue Jays if things fall apart for them. But you're most likely going to be playing the Houston Astros, who sit at 23-23. and 23. They've got a 500 record. Um, the, the Blue Jays are 25-20. and 20, The Yankees are 25-21. and 21. You won't be playing the White Sox or the Twins, whoever finishes second in that division. They will surely be the, the highest-seeded second-place team, which would get them a, game, a series against the, um, I believe, the, the other second-place team, which would – Probably be either the Yankees, the Blue Jays, or the Astros. So if you finish with the three seed, though, you're getting the Astros. Uh, If you are the worst division winner, most likely, as things stand, you're getting the Astros. So the Rays obviously played the Astros last year in the ALDS. That series went five games. It was really entertaining. Um, The Astros took a 2 0 lead. The Rays brought it all the way back to a game five. Um, But obviously, the Astros are without Garrett Cole. And I know the Rays have had some success against Garrett Cole at this point. But the Astros still have Zach Grinke. And it sounds like they could be gearing up to bring back Justin Verlander, who a lot of people feared was going to be out for the season. And in a three-game series, it's already up to chance. Um, But if you bring Justin Verlander back, and I believe, I don't know who their number three starter would be, maybe Christian Javier, I don't think it would be Framber Valdez. I don't really know how he's been doing this season. Um, they've also got I Luis Garcia, I think, is in their rotation now. Um, Valdez has actually been pretty good uh, 57 in the third innings pitched, 4.08 ERA, 3.34 FIP, 3.32 X FIP. Um, keeps the walks down, strikes out a good amount. So it could end up being Framber Valdez getting uh, uh, one of the starts in a three game series. Um, but yeah, if they bring Verlander back. Don't, and, it, and maybe it'll be different because he's coming off of injury. And, wow well, yeah, Christian Javier's been good, too. Um, he's got the 3-3, three, three, 8 ERA, and 42 and two-thirds innings pitched. His FIP and ex-FIP are sitting at 540, though. So, I don't know. Javier and Valdez, both been pitching pretty well this season. But Grinke's been great. And Verlander, like, if he comes back, yeah, that could hurt. So, it's important, I think. You don't want to face the Astros is what I'm saying. Um, just from a pitching standpoint, because the Rays have been able to hit, get hits off of Yankees pitching, because I think you can do the same against Cleveland, uh, it's, uh, again, I hate like trying to say, like, oh, you, you match up better against this team or you match up better against that team. It's a three-game series. It does not really matter that much who plays who. There are probably going to be Like, half of the one and two seeds that are eliminated. Like, that's just the way it's going to go this year. It's also part of the reason that this regular season, at this point, feels very low stakes. You're not trying to get into the playoffs. You've almost locked up the division. And you're playing for seeding to where, yeah, it can help you, but marginally. You know, how much can it actually help you? If you finish, say the Rays finish with the best league, best record in the American League, that's going to help. You're going to be playing... Probably, I would guess the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't even think that's a great matchup for the Rays. Hin-Jun Ryu has been really good this season. They added at the deadline. They got Taiwan Walker. They got Robbie Ray. I don't think he would pitch in that series. At least not going to start in that series. But I mean, that that could go badly for the Rays. I mean, it would be at the drop, um, but it could go badly for the Rays. And then you get into the ALDS, which is at a bubble, and I haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> I, I say I, I say bubble, but there should be like like quotes around that because it's happening in texas and in california so i believe the alds is going to be at petco park Uh, i'm trying to pull it up now and all the national league divisional series are going to be in an american league ballpark and then the reason for that would be because uh, they don't want uh, any team to have home field advantage you don't want like the padres to get a series at petco park you would want American League teams there. So that makes sense. But this has not been confirmed by Major League Baseball yet. It's not been officially announced. But Jeff Passan did. I believe he was the first one to break the story that the it's pretty much all been agreed upon. They've just got to finalize things. Um, so I've got it now. Um, World Series the, In the World Series would be at Globe Life Field, the, the Rangers' new stadium in Texas. So, And the Rangers are not going to the postseason, so. Don't have to worry about a team playing in their home stadium there. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now. Um, But yeah, basically, oh, here we go. Top four seeds in the AL and NL would host all the games in a best of three series. So if you get a top four seed, the Rays are definitely going to finish with a top four seed. They're either going to win the division or they're probably going to have the best uh, non-division winner record. So they're going to get games at Tropicana Field. All three of those games at the Trop. So we get postseason baseball at the Trop with no fans, most likely. Um, and then you go into the divisional series where the highest remaining NL seed would host in Arlington, Texas. We don't really care about the National League. Okay, the highest AL seed would host in San Diego, and then the next highest AL seed would be playing at Dodger Stadium okay, uh, in L.A., so that's interesting. Uh, then you go to the championship series. AL goes in San Diego, NL goes in Arlington, and then everyone meets in Arlington. So in terms of bubbles, more similar to what they're doing in the NHL, where you had two bubble cities. You had Toronto and you had Edmonton. And then once you got down to the conference finals, the last four teams, the teams from the East went from Toronto to Edmonton, and now everyone's in Edmonton. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this because it's not really a bubble. Maybe Major League Baseball can get a better, better handle of things, and you are dealing with 16 teams in the postseason. But one, like that first round, that best of three, Everyone's traveling. Like, half the teams are traveling, and then everyone's traveling going into the Divisional Series. Like, this is not really a bubble. So maybe they're doing it to prevent traveling within series. Like, once you get to this location, everyone gets tested. All right, we're good to go. We can play. And then you're in a bubble for that series. But you're not, like, I don't know. This could go wrong. I could see an outbreak, or not an outbreak. I could see positive tests still happening. And from what we've seen from Major League Baseball, if there's a positive test on a team, like, Games are postponed for like at least a couple days. Will that happen in the postseason? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to integrate uh, letting these players see their families or uh, their access to the outside world. I've already talked about on the show that I just don't really like bubbles. I don't think it's great for the players. I understand it for the postseason. I understand it's it's really only a month. It's not like the NBA where you had guys showing up a couple months ago and they're staying for at least another month. If you go all the way to the finals and they're stuck at this Disney Resort. This is a little bit different. I, I think I'm okay with this, but I don't know. It seems like it's just not a bubble. Who knows? But it does prevent you from, like, going from, you know, if the Rays have playing a seven-game series against the White Sox, you're not going from St. Pete to Chicago and back three times or whatever it is in a seven-game series. So probably better. And, uh, yeah, I hadn't really talked about the bubble. It's been kind of thrown around, and now it looks like it's, it's coming to fruition there. But that's what we're looking at. I know this is going to be a shorter episode. The Rays, like I said, the baseball games, the games that are being played right now, just don't feel super high stakes. And I wasn't really expecting that in this season. I thought the Rays and the Yankees were going to be in a dogfight for the division. Um, And now it's like the Yankees, for a while, were fighting just to stay in the playoffs. They should make it in now. Um, they're, They're pretty much locked it up. But you've got two games against the Washington Nationals. They're going to get to see Ryan Yarbrough and, and Josh Fleming in those games. Then you've got five games against the Baltimore Orioles, all at Camden Yards. One of them will be a home game, and that's going to be the made-up game after the, um, the, the teams uh, did not play in, in, uh, in response to the Jacob Blake shooting and, and, and police brutality and social injustice when they— uh, I don't want to say boycotted because it wasn't really a boycott. They kind of like, went on strike for a night. And we saw it in the NBA, and the NHL, and all, all across Major League Baseball. So they're making up that game. Can't do it at the TROP due to scheduling issues, but they are going to be the home team for one game of a doubleheader on Thursday, September 17th. So that's this upcoming Thursday, five-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. I expect one of the games of those, that doubleheader to be a bullpen day because you've got Snell. You know, he's ready to pitch on Thursday, I think. Right, Glassnell Morton Yarbrough through the rest of the weekend. Then you uh, are going to New York to play the Mets. So they're the last team in the NL East that you have not played yet. Actually, I was wrong. They have also have not played the Phillies yet. So you're playing the Mets for a three-game set. You've got Fleming, Snell, and probably now for that last game there. Maybe. Actually, no, now will be throwing on Friday. So I don't know if he'd be ready. Yeah, he should be ready to go by Wednesday. So you should see Fleming, Snell, and now. And then the Philadelphia Phillies will come to the Trop and play a three-game set to finish off the season on Sunday, September 27th. So I think this is a pretty easy schedule. You're facing some just not great teams. The Nationals and Orioles have been not good. Uh, I know we did not play very well at Camden Yards the last time we were there. Hopefully a little bit better fortunes this time around. And the Mets and Phillies, they've got bullpen trouble. I mean, you're going to face DeGrom probably at one point in that series. Looks like he'd be scheduled for the Tuesday game, the second game of the series. That'll be tough. And then uh, the Phillies just haven't been great. So, you know, I I think part of the problem has been that you've got all sports like firing on all cylinders now. You've got, you know, the NBA and the NHL, whose seasons are usually wrapped up in June or late May, even for the NHL sometimes. They're still going and they're in their conference finals. Like they're heading toward, they're in the home stretch of their postseason, their two month long postseason. And you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning who are in the Eastern Conference Finals. They've got a 2-1 series lead. You've also got the Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski joining this past offseason. They're getting ready to start their season. USF football just started. Florida State football just started. Four like, sp- f- sports fans in the state of Florida. The Tampa Bay Rowdies are right down the street, and they have fans in the stands. Like mm-hmm. They're also headed towards their postseason. There's so much going on. That when the Rays are playing every night and they've got a postseason spot clinched and it's just not feeling very high stakes, like it's kind of easy for the Rays to get lost in the mix there. So once we get to October, that's I mean that's all going to change. So even though I'm, I've kind of been in a baseball funk, like that's I, I know that once we get through these couple weeks and maybe if this division race got tighter, which I hope it doesn't, the, the energy around these games are going to change. And I want the Rays to go into the postseason with the most momentum possible. And we can argue whether or not momentum exists. But I don't want to see the Rays like back into the postseason with a three-game series coming up. you know you're going to be playing a good team. You're going to be playing the Blue Jays, the Yankees, or the Indians, most likely. So, yeah, you know you. I don't know. Just stay healthy, Rays. Um, keep the pitchers healthy. Get Yanni Diaz back. Um, hopefully, G-Man Troy is not out for long. And let's, let's hope that Nate Lowe can can really keep it up. He's he's done well. Uh, relatively well he's done you know, like i said he's interchangeable with g-man Choi. but that is going to do it for this week's episode of raise your voice uh, it was nice to record another episode it's been two weeks now uh, again i was doing it solo today that will not be the normal we're going to be having more great guests uh and once we get to the postseason i think it's going to be some really exciting stuff make sure to keep going over to com to check out all the great coverage of this 2020 season, not only do we have the game day threads, where we can interact with some of the members of that community, uh, the the game recaps, which are always great, but you got to look at the pitcher analysis. Uh, Brian Menendez, who I've had on this show before, just put out a great piece about Peter Fairbanks and what he's been able to do this season. I know we put out um, articles about uh, John Curtis. I think Brian also did the John Curtis article as well. So make sure to go check all that stuff out. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. If you subscribe to this podcast feed, you get new episodes of this show and The Hit Show downloaded directly to your device The Hit Show. They're going to be coming out with some great episodes very soon. Once again, thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next week.